Welcome to another edition of the Super Flight Podcast, your Gustav Klimt of NBA podcasts, because everybody enjoys a good kiss, right? What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Joe Borelli, coming at you from my studio in Brooklyn, New York. It is Friday, May 25th, 2018, and happy Memorial Day to all of you out there. Uh, hopefully, we all have a good one. I'm looking forward to it. I need a freaking day off. Ways to get in touch with the show. You can follow along on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Podcast Addict. Um, I have no idea. There's so many of them out there. Go to Almighty Bauer, click and subscribe, follow all the shows over there. You can follow along on Twitter at Superflight Pod. You can follow me personally at Joe Borelli on Twitter. You can email the show at the Superflight Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow me with Snotty Drippin' on the DunkTales podcast. You can also tweet at DunkTales. Uh, all of these number of ways you can follow along and get your super flight on and listen to the show and enjoy yourself because I enjoy when you listen to me. And this is all about me. It's not, really. I, it's about you. I want to do what you guys enjoy. So tell me what you enjoy. Get in touch. Say hi. Anyway... Enough about that stuff. I guess I should give you a story since it's been so long since the last time we talked. I'm sorry. It's like this time of year in, in my job, this is just a terrible excuse. But in the line of work I'm in, this is the most busy time of year. And I just have been exhausted and have not had the energy to get people on. It's tough. You do a podcast for 100 shows and see how you go and see how see how many people you have the energy to get on your show. Yeah, it's a terrible excuse. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a horrible person. I'm making terrible excuses. I do that. I apologize to you. I will not let you down again. Yeah, I probably will let you down again, but I'll try not to. I'll try not to. Anyway, I really don't have that much to say. It's it's rough when you work in a giant city that's so big and beautiful and there's so many things to do, but all you have time to do is go to work and back. Um, I don't know. I went for a run a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I, I, I run all the time. Not all the time. I, I, I should run a lot more. I'm only running like two days a week at this point, maybe. Um, but a couple weeks ago, I went for a run. Here's a thing that happened. And it's like, I'm I'm a weird guy. You probably can tell from listening to me. You know, and if and if you didn't already pick that up, you probably know because I tell you constantly that I'm a weird guy, right? But I don't like being stared at. It's not like, I'm not an introvert. I'm not, like, I can be a party guy. I Like, people have called me... Not the life of the party, but I'm definitely outgoing in a party setting, right? Like, I am I love people. I love people. I'm definitely not introverted. But I am fucking shy as shit, right? So it takes me a minute to get comfortable with people. Once I get comfortable with you or you add alcohol to me, I'm a ball of laughs, right? But when I'm going for a run and I'm in this meditative state and I'm doing my own thing and I'm just like, I want to concentrate on just my breath and seeing if I can get through this mile without passing out or stopping or getting hit by a car. I just want to get through this. And I want to listen to a podcast while I'm running or I want to listen to some music and really get into it and zone out. And like, I just want this meditative, really uh, personal time to myself. I don't want to be noticed by people unless, you know, you're I, an attractive woman who's giving me a look because you also think I'm attractive because I will always take that even though I listen I'm a married man and I love my wife uh, but I will love I love to be flattered and I find you know you know listen if you're a guy and you find me attractive too and you want to stare me up that's fine I will accept it I, I appreciate you noticing me in that way but you know what I don't appreciate I really don't appreciate when people videotape me on their phone while I'm running by them it's really fucking annoying I don't know why you're doing that 
I don't know what gives you the right to take my moving image. How dare you? So I'm running the other day and I'm running, I'm crossing the intersection and I've, I've noticed this guy on his phone and he's on his phone and he's holding it up to his face. Like he's videotaping something, videotaping, video recording, video, like recording, right? Not videotaping. I'm, I'm too old. And I'm running towards him. And as I get towards him, like he sort of steps back and then follows me with the camera and like turns as I run by and I get a couple feet past him. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? And I stop and I turn around like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, nothing. And he just laughs. He's like, don't worry about it. I was like, fuck you. Don't worry about it. Like I didn't start a fight, but I was really upset. He just laughed it off and walked away, which is fine. Whatever. But it's like, it's just really rude. It made me uncomfortable. It made me self-conscious. And I hate that. Like, listen, people don't be assholes to other people for no reason. I don't even know if he was trying to be an asshole or what he was doing, but you should never take photos or video of somebody you don't know or, or, you know, without their permission. Like it's not, it's not cool. Don't, don't do that shit. That's just an asshole move. I don't, maybe I shouldn't have felt, maybe he, maybe he was really intrigued by my running. I don't know. I suspect that he was making fun of me for whatever reason. I I mean, whatever I do, you know, I wasn't matching very well. I was wearing green shoes with red pants and like an orange shirt, or maybe it wasn't orange. It was probably, maybe it was green too. I really looked terrible. Maybe that was the thing. I don't know, but I was running nonetheless. I was enjoying myself and I ran past this guy and it just, it really threw me off. So uh, here's my, here's my thing to you people. Just be considerate of other people. Like don't, you know, you don't take a moving image of someone you don't know. What am I? Who am I? Take a moving image. Uh, don't don't capture somebody else's essence. Don't steal their soul with your camera while they're, you know, not asking for it. It's not nice. The other thing that happened, same run. It was actually right before that. I'm running down the street and there was a girl who was walking this giant fucking dog. I like dogs. I really enjoy dogs. They're nice. I don't want one because I can't take care of a dog. But like dogs. I'm a, I'm a dog guy, I guess. I, again, don't own a dog, but I, I, I like dogs more than I like cats, all right? So running down the street, I noticed this big-ass dog noticing me while I'm running towards it, and I noticed the girl that has the dog on a leash looking at her phone, not paying attention to the dog noticing me while I'm noticing the dog. You see where this is going? The dog and the woman get close enough to me that the dog goes after me and starts to try and bite me. She doesn't pay any attention. She wasn't, she wasn't thinking about it. She's just not like, she's just in her own world. And the dog lunges at me and she like, I had to jump. He just missed me. Like he just almost took a chunk out of my leg. Luckily I jumped to the side and he missed because I'm very spry. Thank you. Um, and she just starts laughing. She's like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like your dog almost bit me and you're laughing. I'm, I, it was it was a really good run up until those. Then that's exactly the little intersection where I crossed the street and this dude was videotaping me. I don't know what is going Oh, maybe that's why he was videotaping me. Hmm. All right, maybe I'm an asshole. Anyway, so this is my story for the day. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. Sometimes you need to say things out loud to put them together and make sense of whatever's going on around you. You know, the world is funny that way. Enjoy it. Keep your head up. Look around you. Um, life is great. Anyway, coming up shortly, I do a really bad job of interviewing my great friend, Tim Tompkins, about the Suns' number one overall pick. We talk a little bit about the playoffs, but honestly, I've got so much playoff fatigue right now. I'm ready for the season to be over, and they need to shorten it just a little bit. Um, you know, so we get into it. It's more of a conversational conversation, if that makes any sense. Less of an interview. I think you guys will enjoy it. 
Tim's funny and he's a very smart guy. And uh, yeah, stick around. And after this short musical interlude, we'll be right back. I guess I, I still didn't get it exactly to where I want to. I've still debating a new mic. Really? And I, have, yeah, have you, I, you've been thinking about a new mic for like as long as I've known you, which is about what two years now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really love your mic, but it's a little bit pricey. Yeah. Uh, I, I I guess I need to to just take the plunge. But I found a couple of other mics I really like that are the within price range. Um, you know, and I'm actually kind of excited because I did all these like little tweaks to my board mm-hmm. uh, as, as well as this. You see this gargantuous thing right here, sort right? Of. I see down. the very edge of it. Yeah, so it is. Now, now I just see the room spinning around. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. So I got that thing. Uh, it really, you know, it helps, but it doesn't seem to it doesn't matter what I do, no matter how much foam padding I put up getting that thing. It's just my room is, or the the room I I record in is always going to sound echoey. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. I like your uh, you got the fast break breakfast breakfast sticker on there. It's very nice. I can't tell what the top one is. There's too much glare. If you uh you know if you sent me a sticker, I would be Ooh. more than happy. Ooh, stickers! I should think about stickers. Superflate stickers. They're expensive. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know what? You can buy a T-shirt though. If I have T-shirts online. You can buy them anytime. That's true. I, I think that we sell our shirts uh, for the Sun Solar Panel, the same place you sell yours. And so if you sell one shirt, you make like $2. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I don't even suggest to people to buy them because I'm like, it's not really supporting. I like. <laughs> yeah. You know what I end up doing is for a while, I was like, if I sell a shirt, I'll donate it all the proceeds and I'll match it because you don't make shit on it. But I'll, 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 I'll donate it all to the hurricane relief in puerto rico so i did that and um but then how much you donate eight dollars it was i ended up donating it like a hundred bucks or something you know i just like rolled it up i was like fuck it i just gotta do it like a hundred bucks you know i didn't sell that many shirts <laughs> i was gonna say man you sold 50 shirts good for you. i think you know we probably sold about 25 or 30 solar panel shirts but you know that's been that, was, that, that, that took some effort it was also like making a design that had to do with the Suns players hitting at the right time when they were mm, popular, yeah. hitting trending hashtags right when they were popular with the Suns, things like that. That's fair. Yeah, I just ended up, I realized that like if you start buying shirts for your friends, at least you get a little payback. So I started doing that. I was like, I'm going to buy some people some shirts. At least it doesn't cost as much as it would for anybody else because I get money back. So there we go. That's you notice it. that after like six months too, they start kind of fading yeah, I don't know. I guess. I haven't worn mine enough. I bought a shirt for myself. I bought one for my wife. She never wears it. I don't blame her. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well just say property of Joe Borelli. It's pretty annoying. <laughs> uh, women are funny that way, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I wouldn't wear it if I were her. Uh, no way. I would, man. I, you know, one day, if if I thought that you got, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten dollars from the shirt, I'd buy one of your shirts. Thank you. And I yours. I wouldn't buy yours, even though I don't like the Suns. But <laughs> Tim Tompkins, welcome back to the Superflight. It's a pleasure to have you back on, my friend. Yeah, man, it's it's uh it's been a minute. I'm excited. Yeah, you're. What are you now? You're like the executive opera basketball operations manager or something of of the D League team in Orlando. What are you? What's your role? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, the assistant general manager of the Jacksonville Giants, which is an ABA team. Oh, all right. Yeah, you know, so so it's a different league completely. It's not G League. Right. Uh, it's a different league completely. A lot of the players, though, uh, really good talent. A lot of guys that used to play in college. Um, I, I've learned though from working with all the guys that play in the ABA is that basketball, even if you don't play in the NBA, is uh, a career that a lot of guys choose because they play in different leagues all over oh, the world. But yeah. they, they do it all year. So and during one part of the year, you have the ABA season going on, and when that's done. Um, they go and they play in Israel or they go and they play in Canada or, or wherever. Um, there's a couple different American leagues that they go and play in. But these guys actually make pretty good careers out of playing basketball. But the difference is, is unlike the NBA, they have to play all year. 24-7. Well, yeah, all year. All year round. There's no break. No, none. But they make, I mean, they, and they can make a decent living, right? I know they, those guys will never get wealthy, but there's always a chance that you like get into the NBA for for a 10 day contract and you get paid a little bit. No, I mean, you know, some of the, some of the guys, it, it depends on your operational definition of wealthy, I right. suppose. Uh, you know, but so, I mean, some of those guys have made millions of dollars, um, playing basketball in their careers. Really? Yeah. Not like millions, but right. like one, one or two. Hey man, I would take one or two million. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than I've made. Actually, if you think about it, if you, if you equal up all, of, I've been working since I'm like 13. So if you put all that money together back to back to back, I probably made a million. To, I don't know. You think so? Cause I haven't. And I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I know you're a little bit older than I am. I'm 35, I think, uh, <laughs> but it, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't add up to a million. Yeah, you're right. It wouldn't have, no. not even close. <laughs> <laughs> but I was trying to make myself feel better. It's like, ah, maybe I made a million dollars. No, nope, nope, no. nope, not a chance. <laughs> anyway. Maybe, maybe I've made 300,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've probably more, half a million, half a million by now probably is what I've pissed away <laughs> that's fair how long would it take you to make all right so let's see if you were all right if you were making a hundred grand a year it would only take you 10 years to make a million dollars right uh yeah i mean in theory yeah pre-tax i've, I've definitely made it yeah pre-tax i've definitely made a million dollars in my career because i've been working shitty jobs <laughs> for so many years it has to equal up to something right no well, maybe, i don't know i mean you know so let's say a, a job that's quote unquote, a shitty job, you're making $32,000 a year. Yeah. Which is enough depending on what part of the country you live in, not where you're living in. But in Florida, no. that's enough. Uh, you know, even if you were to do that for 10 years, that's still through at 330 grand, 320 grand. Yeah. Yeah. But what if you've been doing it since? Yeah. All right. So I probably haven't made a million dollars. Although I do make a lot more than $32,000 because I live in New York and I also pay a lot more than $32,000 in rent every year. So <laughs> I, I bet you do, my friend, man. Jesus Christ. Actually, do I? I don't know. It's probably around. I think we figured it out. It was like $26,000 for the year for rent. Ooh. Yeah. Wait, how does that break down? You know, I should probably cut that out of the podcast. Anyway. <laughs> well, like $2,100 a month. Is that right? Somewhere around there. Yeah. Yep. Oh. That makes about That makes about sense. Yeah. Yep. Gotta love Brooklyn, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I thought my twelve fifty a month was expensive. Yeah. Well, it's that's not cheap either. Mm. But do you pay it by yourself? Uh you no, know, no. My my fiance, she chips in. All right. Well there you go. Then you're doing it. Right. It's it's not a fifty fifty split though. No. Nor should it be. I don't I don't want it to be. You know, something has if we can't provide fully, we at least want to provide a little bit more than half. Right, right. Exactly. No, it's the same way. Like my wife, I pay a little bit more in rent than my wife does because I get this whole room to myself. 
and she gets the rest of the hallway that we live in. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there we go. Anyway, Tim, let's talk about basketball. How's uh Yeah, man. How how did tell me tell me break down your feelings about the Suns finally getting the first overall pick. How did that feel? When when the when the ping pong balls came up and everything settled, the dust settled and the, everything cleared and like after they went to one or two or how many fucking commercials they stopped for now. How did you feel when it was all over? Well, what's fun about this is so on the Sun Solar Panel, we were actually doing a um, live draft uh, Facebook live show um, because we thought it'd be a fun way to engage with our fans and our listeners and and whatever you want to call them. Um, And so we got to capture the moment Mm. of finding out that the Suns got the number one overall pick. And uh, my partners in crime, Dave King and, and Greg Esposito, uh, you know, they were like, this is really good audio. We should use this for the intro. And I think they were more excited than I was. But I think there was a, a bit of sticker shock because so the Suns are so used to picking number four and it doesn't matter where we are in the draft. We're just always going to pick number four. True. If we can fall back, we will. We never move up. It's always just falling back. So basically the Suns, they couldn't get any worse than fourth. So Suns fandom, we convinced ourselves that meant we were going to get the fourth pick. Uh, So when we didn't get the fourth pick, it didn't really matter what pick we got after because at least we didn't get the third. Um, Finding out that and get the second pick was obviously really great. There was a part of me, though, that kind of wished that the Suns would have gotten that second pick just because it would have taken all of the pressure off of the front office and having to decide between. Oh, my God. You sound like such an abused fan. Stop it. (laughs) No, it's true. It's true. The thing is here. Okay, I am a team Doncic guy, and I'm worried that the hometown um, appeal of DeAndre Ayton is mm-hmm. going to be too much PR for the front office uh, to ignore. So, you know, there's a lot of NBA executives out there that say, look, if I pick this guy, number one, and, you know, he's a bust, eh. But if I pick Luka Doncic, the, the foreign player, and he's a bust, my career as a GM is over. Mm-hmm. Just because he's a foreign player? Why? What yeah. is what is it's because he's a foreign player. You think there is that much riding on the fact that he's not from here, that he's not yeah. from Arizona? Come on. The the the, the Darko Milicic effect, man. GMs yeah, do but... not want to take when's the last time a number one player uh a number uh, a player was picked number one from Europe? I want to say Barnati, am I correct? Uh, I don't remember if he went number one, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's another <laughs> he might have been, that... <laughs> He might have been number two. I don't remember. Wait, let me, now I have to look this up because I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, I don't, yeah, I guess it was Milicic, right? I, I mean, if it wasn't Milicic, it was Bargnani, but I mean, that's what we're talking about at like the top of the crop. Now you have some good foreign players that have been picked and some of them that have been picked fairly high. Kristaps Porzingis comes to mind. Right, you have other four. ones that kind of, kind of flamed out. Uh, Mario Hozonia, uh, comes to mind on that one so I, I know i do think that there is a real hesitancy for general managers who don't have really comfortable jobs to say you know what i'm gonna go with this this really athletic player um you know the played college ball here that you know people know he's if he's a bust at least i can say you know what he was seven one he had great athleticism it was on him that it didn't work out yeah Ar- uh, yeah andrea bargnani was the last european number one overall pick Mm-hmm. 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 I was right. Look at me. Um, yeah. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> and well, by I mean, the way, that's... Milicic wasn't he? Wasn't he a second pick? Wasn't he second he, round? He or second sec- second pick overall? The, the great. Uh, well, the the thing about Milicic is that he went 
um, in between LeBron, mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, and Chris Bosh. Mm. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> that is rough. Where were we? <laughs> so you just you just think that if if even if Aiton is a complete just trash player because he doesn't play defense and maybe his offense never translates to the NBA. I honestly haven't I haven't done my scouting on any of these players yet. I was way too wrapped up in the Sixers playoff season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, congratulations, by you, the way. Thank you. I did it all myself. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys had to sit through some uh you had to sit through some uh some some shit process in order to get there. So I mean nothing worse than what you're sitting through right now, my friend. Oh, that's not true. You guys had a twelve win 10. game season. 18, 10, 19, I think. Or seventeen. <laughs> I think it was an eighteen, a seventeen, and a ten. Maybe last yeah. Time. Yeah. But it's fine because it was we had hope. We had the process to root for. We weren't just rooting for you know, anyway, let's not let's not get back into that. <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. A long struggle for you guys. It actually was only three years. It was really only three years. It was a long three years. <laughs> Maybe for outsiders looking in, it was a long three. I had <laughs> shit to root for every single year. But where were we? So you think that if they pick Aiton and he flames out, does never he never shows anything, the GM is still he has a better chance of surviving that than he does picking Luka Doncic because he's a European player. That might be racist. Uh, it might be, <laughs> but it also, like, sometimes facts are facts. <laughs> you know, let's wow. talk about, uh, All right. if, you know, facts Facts don't care about your feelings, right? I, I guess. Uh, so if you want to talk about, like, the NFL and what might be racist, and we could talk about oh, ownership. God. No, you let's know. not, because I'm, 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 oh, by the way, I'm officially out on the NFL, never watching again. I'm done, and I hope that league crumbles. The the NFL, whether or not you agree with their, with their, with you know their their stance on players kneeling, not kneeling, I strongly disagree. Okay. <laughs> right, but even if you don't agree with their opinion, and it's fine because they're they're a a, a a private organization and they're allowed to to have rules and whatever. The way that they implement their shitty policies. Mm-hmm. It's just like they implement their shitty policies in a shitty way. Okay, so at the end of at the end of last season, there were seven players that were still kneeling. Can you name a single one of those players? No, I can't. No, because I barely watched nobody last can. year. Yeah, right, well, right. But nobody can. People that watch the, the NFL can. Uh, not a single player knelt in the playoffs. No one knelt um, during the the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So this was an issue that was largely dead. Mm-hmm. The NFL uh, brought. I want to disagree with that, but go on. I, uh, for the most part, it was it was a it was largely dead as far as the kneeling. Like it was out of sight, it was out of mind. It wasn't a big deal anymore. At the end of the season, hardly anyone was kneeling. Uh, the players' union they got a whole bunch of money from the NFL ownership uh, that they could put towards certain funds. And yes, it, the whole thing wasn't dead, but the, the the issue had largely been out of sight, out of mind. Uh, the NFL comes in and they come up with a solution that 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 uh, pisses off the players. Um, that divides the fan base, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. divides ownership, because some of the the teams, the owners that own some of these NFL teams, they don't all feel this way. Some of them are like, you know, what, we're going to to pay for uh, our players that get fined for protesting. All Who of said this. that? What owners said that? Uh, there were like two or three of them. I don't know off the top of my head. Right. Um, it, it wasn't it wasn't Shad Khan here in Jacksonville, Florida, who's actually been a pretty progressive owner, but not a hundred percent of the owners agreed with this. And just the way that the NFL rolled this out, it's it's bizarre. Here, here here's a solution for the NFL. Okay, mm-hmm. you ready? Mm-hmm. 
you play the national anthem when all the players are in the locker room because it's a fan thing anyway. You do the coin toss. You have the players run out. Boom, problem solved. Well, they're giving them the – this isn't an NFL podcast, by the way. But they're giving them the option now, right, to to whether or not they want to come out onto the field. The problem for me is it's like it's, it's money taking away your rights. They're like, you're not allowed to express your freedom of speech. This is freedom. Of, this is a freedom of speech like issue. It it is, but it's if at you, work. Yeah, who gives a fuck? Like you, you're telling me that like if you go to work, I mean, you still have freedom. Yeah, you have to watch what you say to your coworkers. But there's not freedom of speech at work. There's there's simply not. Like you, there are certain things you aren't allowed to say at work because you're working. You're you're employed. Yeah, that's uh, fair, but like, not. there's also like, but I don't think if you took a knee at work, you're going to get fired for it. I don't think if you like you stood up for your rights, you're going to, well, you could. Yeah. And then you could take them to court. Anyway, listen, let's get off this. <laughs> let's get off this topic. This is stupid. I mean, it's not I mean I, but the thing is, I agree with you and yeah. I support the players. I just, it, it's, it's bizarre to me how the NFL can consistently mess up everything they do. And it's just watching them as a business. In comparison to where the NBA is right now, and see, we were watching the 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 Rockets Warriors game. I think it was game four, game five. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, and they were talking about the 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 Sandy Hook shooting, and they had all the players out there with you know that were standing for the anthem. It was a really beautiful tribute mm-hmm. um, to the the young people that lost their lives and the families involved. And you just watch that on TV, and then you go and you look at the NFL. Yeah, I know. There's such a stark contrast where they're just like doing everything they can to like promote idiocy and segregation and taking away people's rights like the whole thing that really bothers me i i don't want to talk about the nfl i really don't but it, it, <laughs> it like the whole thing was about the way black men were being treated by the police it's it's obvious it's out there and it's in the media all the time there's no fucking accountability people are getting murdered for no fucking reason except for the color of their skin it's idiot it's just idiocy and it's it's it should be criminal like and but the problem is that our, our law enforcement is doing it. So then you have these owners who have all the money in the world and they want to pay for it to go away. They want to pay for it to stop and they want to limit people's rights because they have money and they can. It just it grosses me out. It's disgusting. Fuck the NFL. Boycott the NFL. That's it. Done. Let's talk about the NBA. <laughs> well, I was going to tweet the other day that I was going to boycott the NFL. And then I was like, fuck, I already don't watch. I know, right? I, I like really, I, <laughs> I used to be the biggest NFL fan in like the last several years. I'm just like with the with the lies about the head trauma and the mm-hmm. way they treat their players, the way they, you know, you can beat the shit out of your wife and get caught on camera. It's fine. We'll just give you a quick suspension. You're, you're good. Right. But God forbid, if you take a knee to protest something on the field. Oh God! Why are we doing this? <laughs> I just said they they handle everything poorly. The it's bat, really, yeah, it's the, really impressive. Yeah, it's, it is kind of impressive in their ineptitude. <laughs> <laughs> Roger Goodell is a fucking idiot. Anyway, Tim, let's move on. We're, we're talking yeah. about we're talking about Luka Doncic. Have you have you scouted him at all? Yeah, I mean to an extent. So I, I don't want to give you know the person listening to this podcast right now the the false impression that I'm in Europe. Uh, right. well, I, met, I met have you YouTube scouted him like we all do. <laughs> yes. Have you got on Draft uh, Express and checked his highlights out? An unnecessarily uh, an, uh, right amount of film on, on Doncic. I've watched, you know, a, a handful of live games. I wish I could have seen more live games start to front. But there's um, a, a time zone difference, which is real. Mm hmm. <laughs> um, that you have to contend with. But Luka Doncic, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm team Luka Doncic all the way. The thing about Luka Doncic is he doesn't 
his stat line doesn't really jump out at you, right? So he's a guy that averages 17, five and five, essentially. And if you round up and that doesn't scream number one pick, but if you look at his body of work and, you know, we could go and list all of the accolades he has and winning Euro MVP and having the highest PER of anybody that's ever played in Europe, um, taking Slovenia along with Goran Dragic to, uh, you know, to, to, to winning. You're talking about, you know, Slovenia is the state, I, I believe it's the size of like New Jersey or something like that. Mm-hmm. The per capita, um, of that is just phenomenal. And, and basically what he does is he just plays winning basketball. And the the value of that, it, it's huge. All right. That's fair. I will. I always take umbrage when people say play the right way or play winning basketball. I hate that, by the way. There's a lot of people that win and don't, you know, play winning basketball. Sorry, I'm not. I just I just don't like the term winning basketball because quantify it for me. What is it? I, I mean, well, I mean, not to use the, the term that you didn't like, but it's it's playing the right way. He's a, he's a really good team defender. He's a really good rebounder uh, for his size. He averages about six rebounds a game, which is really good because in Europe, they actually don't play the same amount of minutes right. uh, that they do over here in the United States, just to, especially somebody his age. I mean, if you were to list the accolades and I'm going, while you're talking next, I'm actually going to look it up so okay. I can list everything that, that <laughs> this kid has done by the age of 19. Uh, there's a reason why they call him the wonder kid. And it's just, it, you're, you're fighting fan bases, especially in Arizona that have been watching the U of A that have been watching the university of Arizona and watching DeAndre Ayton play, and DeAndre Ayton is a great player. Um, but I think that if we look at the way that the playoffs are going right now, and it's not that you want to follow the trends, oftentimes you want to buck the trends and play your own way, but look, you have uh, a really good defender in Clint Capella with the Rockets, who can only play 20 minutes a night uh, for the Houston Rockets, and they have P.J. Tucker playing the five, because the basketball is, is there's so much switching going on, it's really about having ball movement and guard play, and in the playoffs and, specifically, it's about matchups. But he has that—he has that size that he can match up with a lot of guys. He's very switchable, like they have in Boston right now. But go on. I mean, I mean Luke, you're talking about DeAndre Ayton. Oh, sorry, you're talking about Luka Doncic. You were talking about Ayton. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, Luka Doncic does have a lot of size. The issue with Luka Doncic has to do with the, you know who's who's he going to defend specifically. Probably most of the time, he's going to be defending undersized fours, even though he's going to be bringing the ball up, and you know, kind of in a comparable way that uh, you know the Sixers have with Ben Simmons. But mm-hmm. yeah, with DeAndre Ayton is is you have to think how can a player like this stay on the court um, when it when it comes to really important games, and and you can even have. Uh, you know, it, okay, so his post-up game is incredibly strong. Look at Joel Embiid, who's probably you know one of the best post players, post playing bigs in the NBA right now. That um, you know, once once the the Sixers ran into the Celtics, like he you know he, he uh, minimized his impact was minimized. Yeah, and that's I, looking at the best. Yeah, I I think about Aiden in this way. Like I know he's more athletic, um, and he's he's longer. And he's got a sweeter stroke because he can hit from three. But I just feel like we thought everyone sort of thought the same thing about Julie Lokafor coming out of college. Like he's an offensively gifted big man who's just can go to work in the paint and has great footwork. And yeah, he doesn't play defense, but you know what? He can he can make up for that in other areas. I don't know. Like if you can't like if you can't play defense, you're taking half of your game away. If you're taking half of your game away, you're only half a player, in my opinion. I'm sorry, but like you need to be able to put it on the court on both ends. The the guys that see succeed in the NBA are two way players, and right now the whole league, as I just mentioned, like Boston, the whole league is turning into two way players. 
Look at Draymond Green. He would never have been in a in a in years past. He would never have been a center in this league, right? But now he's got that size. He's small enough that he can go out and guard the wing. I mean, he's an incredible defender, but he can also he's big enough that he can he can guard the the five and four spot. You need guys like that all over the court. With Aiden, he's sort of just a one position player. And the way the league has moved into positionless basketball, I don't know, man. That worries me. Again, I've done no scouting on these guys whatsoever at this point, so I don't really know. Let me ask you about, are you concerned about Luka Doncic's athletic ability at all? Because I know he's a little bit slow afoot, and he's, he's actually got a really big frame for his size. Like, he's just a wide body. Not fat, just like he's got a big frame. So he could definitely put some, some muscle on that frame and be like just a wrecking ball. Um, but does his lack of athletic ability scare you at all? Does it deter you from wanting him? Yeah, and I think that that's, you know, the really, the, kind of, you watch him, you can see that that's an issue. And, and so you watch the players that he's going up against. And although, um, you know, the, it is where he's playing is the second best league in the world. There are certain, I mean, you know, to be frank, he's being guarded by a bunch of white guys. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and there, you know, his, he doesn't have the quickest first step in the world. Um, and so you have to wonder whether or not he's going to get shut down even more in the NBA. But, you know, he's a guy who has incredible court vision, who knows the game incredibly well, um, that that makes the right play at the right time. And he makes those decisions quickly, which is really important when you're talking about, uh, you know, a ball movement system. Um Especially on the on the uh, you know the beginning of the shot clock with uh, Igor Kokishkov, excuse me, not Kokishkov, Kokishkov. <laughs> I was going to ask you how to say his name anyway, so thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> Kokoshkov, Kokoshkov. I've been practicing it, you know, and it's one of those things where I, I practice tell. it. <laughs> Kokoshkov, you you practice it, and then you're getting your own head about it. Uh huh. Yep. Um, I'm hoping that we'll just all transition into saying Igor. Yeah, I think Igor is going to be the thing. I think it's going to be Coach Igor <laughs> in no time. <laughs> it's hard. It's even harder to say than Antetokounmpo for some reason. I don't know. Uh, it's also newer to us. That's which... true. That's true. I think once enough people say it, we'll we'll get in there. Let me ask you about that because Kokoshkov. Did I say it right, Kokoshkov? You did. Kokoshkov. Yes. Kokoshkov. Because there's mm-hmm. a zzz, right, right. The, mm-hmm. the S and the K with the thing over the top makes a zzz sound. Anyway. With Kokoschkov, he's he he coached Doncic, didn't he? There's so many European names. Oh my God, my tongue is like tired right now. He coached Doncic, and he's the one that came out and called him Wonder Boy, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if he called him uh, Wonder Boy, but yeah, he did. He coached the uh, Slovenia team along with uh, Goran Dragic to the title. So, Luka Doncic in the last eight months, Euro EuroBasket champion, All EuroBasket team, EuroLeague Rising Star. Award, EuroLeague MVP, EuroLeague champion, EuroLeague Final Four MVP. It's uh, in the last eight months. We're talking about the guy that's 19. I'm sorry. I just fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. That was what? nice. It was good. It's good. Uh, yeah. At age 19, that's pretty freaking impressive. And the thing is, too, though, don't forget, and people like to bring this up as well, is that he has NBA players as as co-players. Co- as he co- What's the word when you're a teammate? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go back to bed. He's he's playing against better talent than, he's playing than against, NCAA for sure. And he yeah, exactly. So he's he's got a leg up there. He's been doing this since he's what, fourteen playing professionally. He has NBA players or former NBA players as teammates. So he's learning a lot from those guys. It's not like he's just out there doing nothing. I think and as you mentioned, it is the second best league in the world. It's good competition. 
It's not what he's going to face in the NBA, but it's really good competition. I don't know. I, I think that, tell me about this. Do you think that there's a clear number one this year? Because I feel like this season, for whatever reason, or this draft class coming out, there's not really that guy that I would be like, that's the guy, take that guy. I mean, I think a lot of people feel that way about, about Doncic, but then you find just as many people that think the same thing about Aiden. So I'm sort of like, I don't know. Maybe take a gamble on somebody else. Do you think there's a chance that they trade down as they're talking about? Uh, you know, <laughs> Answer the first part of the question first. <laughs> <laughs> and that's part of the reason when you asked about what you know my, my gut reaction was to finding out that the Suns got the number one pick is that in, in years past, uh, you had players that were clearly, rightly or wrongly, Kel <clears throat> Fultz, uh, the number one pick. <laughs> God damn it. That's fair. <laughs> but they were they were clearly the number one pick at the time. Right. Clearly the number one pick. Sometimes that works out. Sometimes it doesn't. The vast majority of the time it does, though. Sometimes you with forget the, how to shoot and, like, break your teammate's face with your shoulder. Yeah, all kinds of crazy things happen. Go on. I mean, it's, it's, it's strange, really. To say the least, yes. <laughs> uh, but but this one you don't, and, and you know the more you read about these players, and you know uh, obviously the, the the good scouts are the ones that have been watching these guys since high school, mm-hmm. not the ones that saw them play one year in college and caught four games, and they're writing on Draft Express or whatever they're writing. The, the good ones are the AEU tournaments that are that are out there and they're scouting these players uh, from the time they start playing and all the way through high school and into college and, and those are the ones but uh well, yeah you know, but even in that those guys can get that wrong too man think about this if you see a kid play from the time he's really just 14 years old you can probably fall in love with his game and give him more credit than he's than he's due so that's why i like my method of just like waiting a week before the draft and <laughs> looking at youtube and i'm like that guy that guy is gonna be the guy I mean, and the thing about it, though, is is you never you can't tell work ethic. You can think yeah. of so many players that their their NBA careers flamed out. And you have to put a lot of that on on kids that are 18 years old to get rich real fucking quick. And where does the work ethic go in that? That's that's true. But I think also let's give the NBA a little bit of credit. I think they've done a really good job in recent years with mitigating that that sort of disaster that that happens with kids getting rich really quick and blowing all their money and, and getting into the line, you know, the, the nightlife and, and letting their careers go by. I feel like we hear about that way less than we would have in the 90s or in the 2000s. Do you agree? I do, but I still think it exists. I mean, I you know, yeah. I, I look at it the same way as um Okay, so there's a lot of bands out there uh, who their first record when they're really poor and they're out there and touring, um, you know, in in a uh, rental van going mm-hmm. from city to city, making $150. They have to split split between four guys, get a motel room, get gas, get food, uh, yada yada yada. You sound and like then, you've been on this before. Have you ever uh, been yeah. in a band? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've tour managed before and I threw concerts for 13 years, so I've worked with these guys. But you have. Uh, you know, a lot of the times our first record is really good. They get mm-hmm. signed. All of a sudden, that second record, there's just something. It's it's it's, it's flat. Gone. Yeah, it, that doesn't happen with everybody. It happens with some people. Same thing with these NBA players. I'll bring this all back to Derek Williams. Derek Williams should have been amazing. Should have <laughs> been amazing. He had a work ethic problem that I believe kept him back in the NBA. Otherwise, uh, you know, when we on betweener, actually, right now that would work out pretty effing well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Fair. Fair enough. <laughs> um, 
So with the, with the draft, to bring it back, there's a bunch of really good players. Uh, there's a Jaron Jackson in particular who I'm really enamored with. And, and uh, the Suns, they had a, a list of all the different players that they're bringing in. And it's a lot of these top guys. You listen to Ryan McDonough, the Sun general manager. Um, and, and he's basically saying that we don't have it locked in who we're going to get. You have Robert Sarver, the owner of the Suns, who uh, was in Europe watch, watching Luka Doncic. That says a lot. You have Vlad from the Kings, who was over there watching him too. Um, but they're working out a lot of these guys. He, 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 Ryan McDonough says it's highly unlikely that the Suns are going to trade their number one pick, but I think more what he was referring to right there uh, had more to do with the thought of, of trading the Suns' number one pick for Carl Anthony Towns, which is something that's being discussed mm-hmm. I was a lot ask right you now. I about it. Oh, sure. I mean, if you, would you pay Carl Anthony Towns $188 million? Sure. It's Carl Anthony Towns. You just hope that his defense gets better. I, I yeah. Listen, if I had the choice between Carl Anthony Towns and Luka Doncic, guess who I'm taking? Right. Uh, but $188 million. It's a right? lot so of you, money. It's a lot of money. And that's the thing. It's a lot of money. It's part of what makes, you know, the number one draft pick so attractive is the the cost uh, salary imp- yeah. cost control salary implications you get from these guys for so long and that really does make a difference i'm not saying you don't trade the number one pick for Carl anthony towns i i think that you think about it mm-hmm. i think you think long and hard about whether or not you want to go because he you know he's he's uh because he made third team all nba he's eligible for that supermax extension so it's a lot of money look at the washington wizards right now you're gonna have john wall making 46 million dollars oh. in a couple of years oh god that is 46 Right, but he's a good. He, he had a down year because yeah. of injury, but he's a goddamn good player. He's a good that, player, but but injury every year we have to hear the same thing about him. He's had an injured year. Like, yeah, I know. Like, it's it's John Wall. You're gonna pay him forty six million dollars in three years. Oof, that's rough. So the same thing with Carl Anthony Towns. You can like him all you want, and you can say, yeah, he doesn't get injured as much. You don't know what's going to happen. But also, do you want to be using it? If the cap is $107 million, do you want to be using $46 million of that, nearly half of it, going to one player? Uh, maybe one other max contract and everybody else at the, at the bare minimum. How do you build a team around that? Which works if you have LeBron, maybe. Right. But Carl Anthony Towns ain't LeBron. He's not LeBron. Not yet, but he's also really young. What is he, 24 yeah, he's a good player. I'm not, you know, I'm not yeah. dissing Carl Anthony Towns. It just <laughs> sounds you know, like you're dissing Carl Anthony Towns, man. Come on, what's going on? 188 million dollars, a lot of dollars. Yeah, it's a lot of dollars. Mm-hmm. If you would you trade the pick? Would you do it? Well, by the way, let's let's also stipulate that I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is going anywhere. I think that started on the Zach Lowe podcast, and it did. Brian Winhorst came out and said something crazy, and it's just like it's gotten totally blown out of proportion. I don't actually think that's going to happen. I don't even think he's on the trade block. That would be insanity. But would you? Trade? It would. It, it would be on him, um, you know, to basically say to the team, "Look, I'm not gonna, not gonna do the extension." Right. And so you guys, you guys have to trade me. Uh, I don't know. I, I'd have to think about it. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying yes. I know that's really <laughs> taking a stand. It's way it's to flip flop, buddy. Way to flip flop. You know, I think you have to look at where the state of the league is. What did it take for the Timberwolves to make it into the playoffs? And you know, it took Carl Anthony Towns, it took Andrew Wiggins, and it took Jimmy Butler to get the the eighth seed. Yeah. Here's my thought, though. If I'm the owner and I hear that Carl Anthony Towns is unhappy and then they're thinking about trading him because he's unhappy because, well, first of all, apparently the team's mascot broke his father's leg and then wouldn't pay for the hospital bills, which is fucked up. Um, did you hear about that? No, no, also, I, don't, I, don't I think Zach Lowe came out and said that on the Bill Simmons podcast or whatever. But anyway, uh, that's probably part of why he's upset. But if if I know that 
Tibbs, who's the GM and the head coach, is is running things, and your star player is not happy with the way things are going, and already talking about getting out. Guess who I'm getting rid of? Post haste, Tom Thibodeau. I mean, like he shouldn't have the dual role anyway. I don't think any coach in the league should be a GM at the same time. It's just silly. You're working against yourself. And I've had this conversation with many, many people. But seriously, if I hear that, I'm I am looking for a new coach immediately. I mean, while I agree with you, I will say that that Tibbs get, did get the Timberwolves into the playoffs, which is something that they had a, a bit of a playoff drought. And um, uh, it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, but he also got Jimmy Butler. And look, he, he's done nothing to grow his guys since he got there. We all thought the defense was going to be immaculate. It's been terrible, right? Carl Anthony Towns, remember his his rookie year? He showed such defensive awareness that first year. We're like, this guy is going to be amazing on both ends of the ball. He's done. He's regressed on the defensive end. You, what happened there? Like a, for a coach who's supposed to be known as a defensive coach, a defensive-minded coach, he just I think he just grades on his players. I think he just runs them into the ground. And I, I don't know, man. I would look. I would look to move him. That's neither here nor there. We're not even talking about the Timberwolves. <laughs> um, so I think the Ainge did, in particular, how he, how he really fleeced the, the Sixers on that trade. God, you know, the... the <laughs> you are such... You're a bastard. That's what you are. <laughs> Why do you hurt me? Why do you hurt me with your words, team? I thought we were friends. If, if you know, there's a situation out there where, you know, you have the Suns front office who says, you know what, I, I really like Mobamba. I really like Jaron Jackson. I really, you know, one of these other guys that this is my guy, that this is who I want to draft. This is who, if I have the number one pick, I am going to draft this player because I believe in this player. I say you trade back and you do it and and you fleece whatever team and hope it works out the same way that it did for Boston and the Sixers, right? Where even, even if, even if Markel Fultz turns into a great player, the Sixers still lost that trade right and so you want to be the team that that can do that to somebody else the same way that the celtics fleece the sixers you are hey i see what you're doing i'm not biting <laughs> <laughs> you are so bitter right now you got to get away from sixers fans i think is what it is and b <laughs> i am i'm not on the driving ditch podcast i, know, anymore. I was gonna they, say what happened um, they won't they won't have me back on man and i'm like hey guys the sun just got the number one pick you aren't gonna have me on come on why won't they have you back on? Because you hate the Sixers? No, no <laughs> we're, we're all friends. They no, say they're going to. I'm just surprised they haven't asked yet because the Suns did get the number one pick. I guess they're probably going to do it right before the draft. All right. But what else was I going to say? You're ready to declare that Boston has come outright won that trade, right? Already, right now? Could you argue any other scenario? I mean, it's difficult, but <laughs> <laughs> give it a year or two. Give it a minute. Give it a minute. We don't know what Markel Fultz is going to be. Maybe, hopefully, he comes back and is incredible. Like, he showed I'm... some flashes on the court toward the end of the season. Shut up. I see the look you're giving me. Shut up. <laughs> he he did, but Jason Tatum. Oh, stop. Is, stop. It's, he's good. Yeah, I know. And now, suddenly, I wish that Jason Tatum's legs would fall off. Is that is that wrong of me? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, don't wish ill on the guy. I just, no, I remember, I you know, because of where Jason Tatum was, where the Suns were in the draft last year, on the Sun Solar Panel podcast, talking extensively about how much I like Jason Tatum. He's better than I thought he was going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, but I remember being disappointed when I found out that we weren't going to get him. Mm. That's bizarre, man, because I felt the exact opposite about Jason Tatum. Most this people did. This shows you what a good scout I am, right? <laughs> also, by the way, 
I didn't really, I wasn't really fully in on Markel Fultz either. I was like, I, I guess he's the number one guy. Everybody's saying he's the number one guy. I took a look at Donovan Mitchell. I was like, holy shit, why is this guy falling to fucking 13th? I couldn't understand it. I was like, this is crazy. Would I love to get that pick and swap those two guys? Yeah. Um, world Who, doesn't um, work did, the, the Hornets. Now they, they picked right before the Jazz, right? Mm. Did they? I'd have to go back and look. Uh, see, this I, sh- you know what? I'm not cutting any of this shit out. It's all staying in. It's way funnier when when I when I'm dumb. I guess I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, no. You go ahead. You talk whatever you're gonna talk about. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, uh, who's gonna get it first? Let's see. Uh, uh, no, it was the Pistons who picked Luke Kennard. Oh yeah, Luke Kennard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. They'll never live that one down. <laughs> <laughs> crazy too look i know poor luke it's not like he's a good shooter right but i don't just like shit man you 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 passed you passed on donovan mitchell i mean honestly i don't understand why donovan mitchell dropped so far i'm the only thing i can think of is his size right maybe people thought well he's six two he's not gonna be able to he's not gonna be able to be that franchise player is that it Uh, because he he wasn't he wasn't a guy that you know i i think at the time i was with the solar panel and it's it's been, I've been so sun centric that I'm really only looking at players that fall within reason to mm. the suns because you don't have time. I mean, you don't, oh, no. you, so Joe, you get to cover the entire league. Leaving the yeah. drive and dish podcast was the best thing I ever did. I have so much more time. I don't have to stay up on every single team and all the stories. You really get to focus on one thing and, and become good at it. Covering all the NBA and all the draft and trying to look at who's going to go one through 14 Oh, that's hard, man. Dude, it's impossible. I'm like I'm failing miserably. Right. <laughs> I think it's I think if really I have, hard. I think if I have any listeners, if I have any listeners left, they basically just listen to hear me fail. So it's fine. Like I I know my audience. <laughs> how's that? How's Almighty Baller working out for you? Making that money? Let's uh let's move on. So <laughs> are you guys are you guys not on the Almighty Baller anymore? Oh, we are. All right. How's it working out for you? It's it's good. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why when you know, talking to you the other day and I'm like, you know, I, I gone on like two interviews that day on top of work, on top of having Kingsley. And it's just you were like, I'm busy. I was like, oh, trust me, man. I <laughs> I turned down every not this isn't an interview, but I turned down every interview like uh, podcast request. I get every single one. Really? Yeah, well, I just. You. Well, sure. Uh, I just like I'm not particular. I like coming on. I like talking to you, um, you know, because I feel like I know you a little bit. But you do, uh, my friend, you do. I just no, no, I'm not gonna come on your podcast. Not you, but whoever's asking. Yeah. No, I just I don't have I don't have time. I'm too tired all the fucking time. Yeah, I hear no. you. Well, you and I were brought together by our love of of the Sixers and REM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen, where, where where were we? So let's let's. Uh, I'm. You know what? We don't even need to talk about the finals because nobody cares. We've all watched it. Um, there was a few other things I wanted to ask you though. Sure. Yeah, I lost it. It doesn't matter. Let's talk about the finals. <laughs> Let's talk about the East and Western Conference finals. Poor Chris Paul. Dude, he's, it's a shame. What was it, 2015, 2016? Was that the season when they should have beat, I think it was the Grizzlies or who were they matched up against? Maybe it was actually Golden State. Yeah. And I feel lost. like it's every year. Yeah, every year. Chris Paul goes down and like, that. there goes your chance. I feel like he's going to be the guy who never gets over the hump because he has the worst injury luck. Not like they're terrible injuries just the most inconvenient times uh yeah that being said he at least got over the hump and made it to the wcf that's true 
WTF, mm-hmm. WCF. Uh, and, you know, the thing is, whoever gets out is likely, and it could be wrong, and it could be proved wrong because Boston has been better than expected this whole time, but is likely going to, 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 to win, yeah. you know? So this is Chris Paul's chance, uh, and it's, uh, you know, he's not going to be in game six. I think it's going to be really hard, you know, for the Rockets uh, to win on the road and, you know, um, in Oakland. Yeah, and if Iguodala's back, it's going to be that's going to be hard. Well, that's going to make a really big difference. It's yeah. so they have you know they have Kevin Looney or whoever uh, in that starting lineup, and and before when you were running those lineups of Draymond Green and Iggy and Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson and Seth Curry, is it whoever got the rebound could take the ball up the court, mm-hmm. and with Kevin Looney, you just you can't. You can't so do he's. It. If he gets a rebound, it really stops your fast break opportunities. The defense has a, a chance to reset. Anybody listening to this podcast understands that about basketball. But it, it's really making a difference. And there's just something about this Warriors team where Brian Windhorst talks about it all the time with organi- organizational fatigue. But he's talking usually with the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm wondering how much of an impact that makes because we've seen runs where you know you had the Spurs for multiple years that were making it. Uh, you had the Heat for multiple years who were making it, but then in that last round, just everybody looked gassed. And and even if you're the best team, at a certain point, it's got to start to got to start to wear on you a bit. I mean, think about how many more games they've played than the average team over the last four years. It's a lot. And to think about LeBron, it's double that amount. He's, I mean, he as of two years ago, LeBron had literally played a full season more than the next player. If you took the same amount of time, he played a full season more. It's insane the amount of stress that puts on your body, the amount of wear and tear. I keep thinking about this all the time. I'm like, the reason teams don't get to the finals every single season, A, because it's really hard to do, but B, as you mentioned, organizational fatigue. I mean, maybe it's not the right word in this case, but like, you have got to be worn down. Those guys have done this so many times now. You don't get a break. I mean, yeah, you get your summer vacation, but like when the summer hits, those guys, all the NBA players, they're not just like relaxing and going on vacation. They probably do for like two weeks. And then they're traveling to different countries, doing NBA cares things, like constantly doing PR things. Like it's a long, it's a full time job all year round. I, there's no way I could be an NBA player. I'm just saying, but think about, <laughs> think about that. And in, in plus now they've played how many more weeks than the, than the next team who just went out and like, at some point you have to start to wear down. You have to start to wear down. Iguodala is what thirty five now, thirty four, thirty three, somewhere around there. He's pretty old. I mean, yeah, and he's hardly playing. Yeah, so it's it takes a toll on your body. Chris Paul, of course, I mean, he's thirty three now, and like, how many years is he gonna get to do this again? It's it's at thirty two maybe. It's unfortunate, but like, you know. What are you going to do? I feel bad for him, but at the same time, everyone hates Chris Paul, and I'm no exception. <laughs> so, do you? Why, no, why does everyone hate Chris Paul? I don't know. It's it, I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't aware of that uh, phenomenon. Because he's an annoying. Because he complains to the refs constantly. Because he's constantly out there. Like it's, Chris Paul is a dirty player, dude. Like he takes. I'll say he's he's cerebral cerebrally dirty. He'll take every little advantage he can. Who was it that he elbowed in the ass the, on the game one of the Warriors series? He like he was falling over and he just like went off and elbowed him right in right in the butt. Like he takes any kind of advantage he can. Like if he's good, he can like dirty it up. He's a really smart player, and I found that playing the Warriors, I like him way better because because <laughs> he's, he's drawn with Draymond, who's also incredibly uh-huh. unlike unlikable. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, I agree with you. I'm also just not organizational fatigue, but like fan fatigue is that 
I am so I love LeBron. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of seeing LeBron in the finals every single year. Mm-hmm. I'm just it's it's been 70 years straight. I'm just I'm over it. Please give me something else. Um, I'm not a fan of the Warriors. I I'm not a fan of I wasn't I didn't like Kevin Durant going over there. I thought that it it ruined a lot of the disparity oh, in the NBA. Stop it. Uh, no, Go it's on. true. I mean, you you got fine if someone doesn't agree with me, but that's <laughs> he how I feel. He ruined the league. He ruined. No, don't be that guy. Uh, that's fine, but I do think that it that it really hurt the um the the balance, uh, especially over in the West when you have a a, a the second, third, fourth, fifth best basketball in the player uh, in the world joining seventy three one team. Um, you know, and it took a lot for that to happen. It took the, the cap rising at the right time. It took Curry's ankles. It, it, it took the team drafting. Well, a lot of luck was involved for that to happen. And I want it to end so badly. <laughs> you know what? It, it, I'll, I'll say this as much as they are unlikable and we're all sick of seeing it. I honestly don't hate the warriors. I don't find them particularly enjoyable to watch because there's no sort of, um, variation in the play, there's no sort of variable there. The thing that's really exciting about watching playoff basketball is you feel like your team could always lose. I don't feel that with the Warriors. I just feel like they're always mm-hmm. going to win. Even when they do lose, I'm like, how did, how did they, did they lose? They, they won, right? I just, they play beautiful basketball in the regular season. There is nothing there for me. It's like watching, it's like watching Orlando. Like they're so bad. Why would I tune in for that? The Warriors are so good. I, there's no interest in it for me. There's no variation. There's no variable. I know what they're going to do. If you want to see seamless, beautiful, whipping the ball around, everybody shooting from half court and making shots and like the most incredible gifted players all on the same court together, sure, go watch the Warriors. I'd rather see a team like actually have to fight for something. It just, it's more, it's more relatable for starters because I, you know, nothing is that easy and mm-hmm. just on a human level. And like none of our teams are that good. <laughs> so like, <laughs> remotely, remotely, I have. Remotely. Yeah, my 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 fiance is not a, a basketball person, but uh, you know I have her watch basketball with me, and I'm really the first guy that she's ever dated that has has watched basketball, and and you know I make her watch the Suns because I've watched so much Suns for the Sun Solar Panel podcast, and then I'll I'll turn on something else, and she's just like blown away. She's like, "Wow, your team is bad." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's such yeah. a stark contrast that I just now understand. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm with you. Uh, but I, I agree to the to the to your point where the the really bad teams I just have uh, sometimes actually if a really bad team's playing another really bad team I find that a little bit interesting. Yeah. Um, but for the same reason I don't want to watch the Orlando Magic is the same reason like you that I also don't want to watch the Warriors. It's it's there's there's no surprise. There's all right. Well, you know how much they're gonna win by twenty or, or thirty five. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. No. And so it's it's less fun. I mean, like I, you know, hats off to them. I'm not one of those guys that think Durant ruined the league by joining the Warriors. I thought it was really weak of him, and I will say that again. It was really weak of him. And I will <laughs> <laughs> and I'll back it up by have you heard him talking on Bill Simmons podcast? Like I really want to like Kevin Durant, and I have for most of his career. But when a guy goes on to a podcast and says it's really hard to win when teams are stacking up to beat you, like how are you serious right now? <laughs> Did you just hear the words that you said? Do you know what you just said? We, we got a target on our back. I just, you know, look at some of these teams in the luck, like, you know, the the Wizards have brought them up before, but they're in the luxury tax and they've been in the luxury tax. And then you look at a team like the Warriors and you're like, how do these two teams have essentially the same cap situation? Yeah. It, obviously, they're a little bit different, but how are both of these teams in the tax right now? Oh, yeah. Otto Porter's making $27 million. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh yeah oh yeah auto porter i forgot about auto um <laughs> should we talk about anything else uh sure I, I we could talk about that team around lebron james holy shit they are trash mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah they are trash they, <laughs> they are just a steaming pile man yeah oh kevin God. loves kevin loves been really good uh, they're they have no guards whatsoever um uh, you know, J.R. Smith, I think, is what, two for 22 he's, so far in the series from three. He's got to be on his way out of the league, right, at this point? I mean, if LeBron wasn't on J.R. Smith's team, I don't think J.R. Smith would have been in the league like three years ago. Seriously. Yeah. He has George, incredible moments, but, like, it's J.R. Smith. <laughs> he should, he shouldn't be starting, you know? That's, no, no, yeah. He, he's a guy you bring off the bench for five minutes, and if he if he's cooking, and he hits a couple of threes. You keep him in, you know, your Joe Green esque player. Uh, but if he's not, you take him out. Uh, you know, George Hill. I like what the fuck happened to him <laughs> two years ago? He's really good, and like it was, I think like, injuries I, and age like caught up with him so fast, so so quickly. Oh, oh, but I, it amazes me he's not better every once in a while. He plays defense. It's really all you got out of the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kyle Korver's uh, been Kyle really Korver's been really good. He's been the second yeah. best player on that team, I think. The third. Actually, Tristan Kevin, Thompson. Uh, Kevin Love. No. Kevin, Kevin Love's, Love's been, been better. Kevin Love's been great. Kevin Love. Kevin Love has been really good. Uh, I mean, he hasn't been LeBron good. So when you compare Kevin Love to LeBron, you have that like stark contrast. But you know, what do you have the other day? Like twenty-two points, fifteen boards. Like Kevin Love's been really solid. Tristan Thompson. He had a double double the other day, but then he followed that up with. With a, 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 a one rebound, mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, zero point game. <laughs> uh, he was the Horford uh, equalizer, but now I don't know. Yeah, that team is trash. And you know, having said this, having said like the Warriors are so good, we expect them to win. And now that you know, Chris Paul is going to be injured and going to be out. I'm pretty sure the Warriors are going to take this, this series. And Boston is up three two on the Cavs, and the only player they really have is LeBron James. I still think it's going to be i mean they're both at three two right both series at three two warriors and Cavs are both losing i'm pretty sure we're going to get a warriors Cavs finals number four if if we get uh, that will be the least competitive finals of all time i mean it's just yeah. just a bloodbath on lebron james <laughs> it's just if you're just, and if you're lebron do you actually want to do that again or do you think it's better no. to bow out in the in right now like go like, home it gives you a reason to leave cleveland yeah, exactly. I mean, not that he has, he doesn't need a reason. He can go if he wants to. But yeah, I think. So what makes it easier for him? Think about this for a second. If he if he loses to Boston right now, right? Does he? There's no way he goes back to Cleveland. What if he goes and plays the Warriors and loses to the Warriors? Maybe there's a chance he comes back. Do you think it's it makes it a little bit harder? I just don't know where it goes. You know, Philly. I don't think he goes. He's going to Philly. Uh huh. <laughs> I I don't I don't I don't think he goes out west. You know, uh, it almost it would almost be funny if you went to uh if you went to Boston and oh, showed God, up. It's stop, like hey stop. hey Kyrie Kyrie <laughs> hi. <laughs> oh man, Kyrie well, Boston Celtics man, they're gonna be good next year when they get Kyrie Irving back when they get Gordon Hayward back. Uh, the Sixers, you hey, what are you guys doing? I, before we get out of here, what are you guys doing with the your, your two guard position. Um, I, I honestly think they're going to resign uh, JJ. How much though? Obviously, not nearly what he's paying. Again. I think they signed him for like three for yeah, maybe forty. Which is, I don't know. I don't know if they can even swing that in the cap. It, like if so, they're going to go out and they're trying to get a max 
a max player like LeBron or like Kawhi, which I, I I'm mixed about Kawhi. I would love to have Kawhi on that team because their defense would be incredible. Um, but I don't know if he's actually healthy, and I don't know if he's going to be. I don't know what it would take to get him away from from the Spurs, and if it takes Markell and and Sarge, well, I don't know. It might be too much. No, no one wants Markell Fultz, man. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> you are just no oh man. You're just taking it to me. Um, I still think Markell has some upside, and I want to see what it is. Uh, what was I saying? I don't know. But like Chris Paul is an option. Chris Paul, you would have to give probably a max to. Not Chris Paul. I'm sorry, Paul George. One of those. One of those Pauls. One of the Pauls out there. I don't know. I think there's options for them. What was the question? I forget. I'm <laughs> just sparkling here. So I think they bring JJ back. Uh, obviously not for twenty million. Not twenty three million dollars for the year. You know, like I I think three for forty maybe if they can fit him in under that. I think he would do it. He talks very 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 highly of being in Philadelphia and he loves the team. He loves the culture. Loves the young guys. And I think he's a good role model and mentor for for all the guys there and i think he's a great fit too he's still he's not a great defender but he's a great team defender or a good team defender and man he hits some clutch clutch shots he's one of the best shooters in the league it's hard to replace a guy like that so i think so they you will think try he, you you think he comes back though you think he's the uh he's going to continue to be the starting two guard um yeah i don't know who they would fill that starting spot with avery bradley maybe they're not getting Avery Bradley. What would they have to give up to get Avery Bradley? Although, I think he's a free agent. Avery Bradley is... Oh, yeah. No, no, I don't want Avery Bradley. Why do I keep thinking you were thinking... I was thinking Bradley Beal. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not the same player. I'm going to cut all that out. <laughs> Avery Bradley. I mean, Avery... Bra- no, you don't want to bring... Avery Bradley had a terrible year. He's been injured. Uh, uh, no way he's a starting two guard on this team. I mean, if you want to bring him on the, off the bench, give him a small contract. Sure. I, I'd love to have him, but... Wow. What? Wow, he's, you're he's, low on Avery Bradley. I love Avery Bradley. I've loved Avery Bradley up until this year when he just came out and played like shit. I'm sorry. It uh, is what it is. And he's he's not he's not a spring chicken anymore. What are you gonna give him to come play on this team? I mean, I don't know, but I mean JJ Reddick's not a spring chicken anymore. He's a god awful defender. I know you just I like I didn't feel like arguing with you on the team defense <laughs> part, but but he cannot uh, thankfully the rest of the team is stacked defensively. Yeah. And so it really helps hide. He's not a great uh, defender. defense issues. It's no. fair. He's not great. He's 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 his arms are a little bit T Rexish. Yeah, whatever. He, he's white. <laughs> he's white. He's a little uh, bit older. Strike one. Oh, strike two. <laughs> Seriously, you ever gone out and played pickup? Uh you know, uh, in the park, there are different limitations. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, and, yes. and don't tell me otherwise, because God damn it, go out there and play. <laughs> it's <laughs> I, just I've retired. Evident. I've retired. I can't play, but I do have an incredibly long wingspan. I play every Sunday with a group of guys, and they're uh, you know they're they're late thirties, early forties. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great, man. That's cool. Low key, yeah. slow pace. Uh, we roll, get roll the ball down the, the court. <laughs> it is. I mean, okay. The, the pace isn't really slow. Everyone's super nice. Everyone knows how to play. Mm. No one's very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 everyone wants to win, but you know, when you're playing with like a group of like guys in their younger twenties, everyone's like, Oh, I really want the best player on my team. And you know, yeah, yeah. You don't get any of that bullshit. Yeah. They're just happy that they're out there playing basketball. And it's, it's nice. Uh, to, to play with that group of guys. I got to tell you, so, Tim, the reason I don't play anymore really is because A, I don't really have anybody to play with, but B, I mean, I could always walk over the, the basketball court across the street and those guys would embarrass the shit out of me. Are they, <laughs> are they, are they dunking? Yeah. Some of them are dunking. 
If I if I see players dunking, I just walk away. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the real reason I don't play is because you just hit on the key. I don't know how to play. I've never been coached to play basketball. I've only ever played like pickup. I played in 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 junior high, but it was I went to a church school. This is a lot of I'm divulging a lot of information about myself. The coach was just like, "Here's the ball, go have fun, praise Jesus." Yeah, but you get it. You watch basketball. You, yeah, you understand mean the concept of, of 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 boxing out and screening and and pick and roll and pick and pop and and where to be on the court and you as long as you understand all of that and when to find your passing lanes, anybody can go out there and play. It's great exercise. <laughs> it is great exercise. It is great exercise. Anyway, Tim, this is this conversation is seriously divulged into nothingness, but it's awesome. <laughs> good, good. Well, thank you so much uh, for having me on, Joe. I hope that uh, you know you. One day we'll turn on the Sun Solar Panel podcast and listen for yourself. I will. I will. So yeah, plug your plug your uh, yourself and your cohorts and yeah. Well, at least tell people where they can follow you. Sure, sure. Uh, Sun Solar Panel podcast with uh, Greg Esposito, the former post game analyst of the Phoenix Suns, along with Dave King, the managing editor of the Sun, which is the SB Nation's Phoenix Suns fan site, as well as myself, Tim Tompkins, Sun Solar Panel anywhere. Listen to podcasts, just type in Sun Solar Panel. You can just go to Google, and I've really been working on the SEO, and you type in Phoenix Suns Podcast, and all but one um, of the links on the top page of Google is Sun Solar Panel. Just So just go to Google right now and type in Suns Podcast. I'm going to do this. Sun, What is it? Suns Podcast? You can just type Phoenix, Suns? Phoenix Suns Podcast. Oh, now you're getting specific. Oh, whatever. <laughs> and, and, and then come back at me with a, wow, your SEO. Best podcast, Suns Podcasts, 2018 FM player. That's the first thing that came up. I don't know. Solar panel. There we go. There the solar panel. All and right. how many how many of those? This is riveting, riveting podcasting here. Right. But <laughs> the rest of them, all the way down, it's virtually all sun solar panels. So anyway, yes. Been working on the SEO. And if you do that, you'll find it. I don't know what SEO is. Uh, search engine optimization, uh, oh. digital marketing. Oh. Can yeah. you do mine? Cause like nobody knows how to find me. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, I can, it's a lot of work and I don't do it for free oh, because yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot of coding. Um, it has to do with, there's really a, a, a number of factors that, that go into SEO and it's uh, more of an art than a science and it's constantly changing and it's real, it's a real pain. All right. Fair enough. I'm going to stop the podcast now. Okay. <laughs> Tim Tompkins, everybody. Go check out the Sun Solar Panel and follow him and listen and rate and review. That's going to do it for me this week. Have a happy Memorial Day and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.